Hello and welcome to the PR department podcast. You're through to your host Casey Braden and this is episode 43. Oh, bit of a mess. So um, I didn't post an episode. Um, so I post an episode every two weeks. So I didn't post the last episode. Um, I was struck down with some ridiculous illness. Um, so I went off to have my 30th birthday in France had a beautiful time. I arrived home and was absolutely fine the first day I was home. And then all of a sudden I woke up with like eight cold sores. And I get cold sores anyway. So that part wasn't shocking. But the shocking part was how many there was. Um, Like my whole bottom lip was like a giant cold sore. It was horrific. Um, And if anybody listening has cold sores um you know how awful they make you feel on their own but then on top of that I had like really horrific flu-like symptoms um everyone seemed to think that it was COVID however I've had my COVID tests in my house for so long they are now dried up so there was no way I was buying a COVID test um yeah I mean just so I could say I have COVID like no um Apparently, there's a new strain going around. Just between you and I, in France, everyone was coughing. So, yeah. Maybe I had a cold. Maybe I had COVID. We'll never know because I wouldn't buy a test. Um, But I was so sick, I just couldn't get it together. And I literally only had enough energy in my day to, like, get through my my work. Um, I was literally sitting in meetings like sniffling and awful and also because I was so bunged up even when I felt better good enough to podcast like I just could not have subjected you to me like sniffling and sliming into your ears like it would have been just um, horrific for both of us so we skipped a podcast is the moral of that story um but we're back, we're back, we're kicking, I have my normal voice back, I'm not sniffling anymore, so 10 out of 10 for that. Um, I had a couple of things that I wanted to talk about today, and to be honest, as I'm talking to you now, I still don't really know which one I'm going to go with. But seeing as um, sort of like a bit of a trending story is happening at the moment in the world of influencers, particularly TikTok influencers, um, I thought, let's go with that one. So today I wanted to talk about what is going on with influencers and the rise of influencers getting jobs. Dun dun dun. Yeah, so I feel like we've just gone through a few years of madness, especially through the pandemic where, you know, we really saw TikTok go to new heights and we saw people literally blowing up overnight and you know becoming an influencer was very much within people's grasps where it hadn't been before. I would say particularly amongst Gen Z and younger it became like a career goal like what do you want to be when you grow up? Oh I'd like to be an influencer like It even got as serious as we're still experiencing the backlog now where, you know, we can't get people to do like plumbing apprenticeships or like hairdressing. Nobody wants to do that. Like, I hate to be Kim Kardashian, but nobody wants to do apprenticeships anymore, (laughs) you know? 
so it was that kind of vibe like everyone just wanted to work online everyone wanted to be an influencer and to be fair people were seeing evidence that that yeah that really was a possibility and if you are good at creating content you have a passion you put yourself out there you could be the next molly may and nobody is to say that you can't um so yeah that's sort of been the general consensus over the past few years is influencing is very much a career path but now we're seeing quite the U-turn, or I think in my opinion we are anyway, where the influencers who are successful are the ones who are not full-time influencers, the ones who have jobs, the ones who have other stuff going on, and then they're influencing on the side. And then you've seen a real sort of decline of the popularity of the influencers who are full-time influencers and the ones who are full-time influencers have really had to shift and adapt and evolve um, because the ones who have stayed the same have really fallen off and here's my thoughts as to why. So obviously we're in a cost of living crisis, um, the world's on fire, like there's a li- there's a negative list as, lo- as long as your arm about the world and society and culture that we are living through. I mean, side note, I was watching the second season of White Lotus the other day. I do have a point here, stay with me. And there's a part in it, I don't know if this is a spoiler, but spoiler, where the guy, the, the guy from Essex that the girl meets um, at the beach party she was like oh the world's on fire and like everything's so bad and blah 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 and he turned around and he was like the world is the best it's ever been like we have the best sort of like environment for us to succeed and we've got the best technology we've ever had and all of this stuff and he was like if you can't be happy in this world then where could you be happy and honestly that scene made me like take it it took me back I was like hmm the man from Essex has points and whilst yes we are set up sort of to succeed more than ever we have access to more information than ever as a human species we're more connected than ever we have more resources um we also have this like next level awareness and I'm not going to get into my sort of philosophical thoughts about the world but I just thought I'd bring that up because I didn't want to seem like I'm always doom and gloom all the time because that really shifted my perspective. So maybe that's giving you not a PR food for thought, but a food for thought for today. Um, So if that has given you a food for thought, you can tap out at seven minutes. Look how kind that was of you. And you can take something away from this episode today and I've done my job. So for those of you who've stuck around and you want to hear the, um, the PR story, not the philosophical world story, um... So, you know, there's there's a lot of things happening. There's a lot of people struggling. Everybody's sort of aware of each other's struggles because, like I said, we're more connected than ever. We have access to more information than ever. Um, so there's this real sort of moral question over influencers because people who are full-time influencers, there will become a point in their career where they will do things for money because they have to, because it's their job. 
And whilst we saw this influencer boom, you know, where people were popping off overnight, people were achieving this crazy success, we also saw the band of who was an influencer grow. So it went from like five to 10 of your favorite influencers to a hundred of your favorite influencers. Like, basically in the space of a year, in a few months. Like the amount of influencers now is staggering. The amount of content creators is staggering. The amount of people who are trying to be influencers, staggering. So therefore, and by the way, behind the scenes at brands, it's not changed that much. So while some people have allocated a lot of their advertising spend to influencer marketing, a lot of people are still tight on budget. I mean, with brands in general, advertising, marketing, you always have to fight for budget no matter what it's for. Influencer budget is no different. So the brands still have basically the same amount of money to spend on influencers as they did when there was five influencers. But now there's 5,000 influencers. So everybody is in higher competition with each other because everyone wants to get a slice of the pie, right? So instead of a brand being like, oh, I've got this influencer budget, who are we going to spend with? Oh, it's obvious we'll spend with that girl because she's the biggest influencer and she's the one. It's like we now have the option of spending with like 5,000 different people and everybody has different rates and everybody brings something different and has a different audience. Like it's a whole thing. It's huge. So influencers are really having to compete more than ever for a budget that has basically remained the same. Um, So therefore, you know, looking at sort of your OG beauty influencers who used to get consistent sponsorships, they would do their same old, same old, like they would get do get ready with me's or tutorials all the time and the sponsors would be ticked, done and they would be all good. There was no like pivoting needed the the you know the boxes were ticked because there was only 10 influencers and there was only 10 brands so it was all perfect now it's like everyone has to compete for these brand sponsorships so when a brand sponsorship comes along if influencing is your full-time job and you're navigating this now very saturated market if something comes along and you think hmm this isn't really my thing or I'm not sure but the paycheck is really good there's a sort of higher percentage that they're then going to take it. Um, also, going back to the Michaela TikTok Lashgate drama, for those of you who don't know, I don't know when you've been, but she basically did um, a mascara sponsorship and allegedly she put um, false eyelashes on to show the final result everybody called her out and it was this whole like false advertising thing and it was really really bad for her like it would it really blew up um but that would have come from you know she's gotten this check from I think it was Maybelline um and allegedly she then would have thought right I need to do this really really well so that they come back as like a repeat customer essentially because she is running a business as an influencer so she's gone let me make the best video ever let me make a viral video let me get them so much traffic to their website that they'll have to come back to me next time with another check you know like people are doing crazy things for the check and you know loads of other influencers also did that same ad they didn't falsify the results. They got, you know, their basic 
likes, their basic traffic, they just did the ad. But she obviously went over and above to do this like amazing transformation, like very shocking video, which as we know, outrage creates likes, views, comments, clicks, sales. Um, So I think that's where she was going with it. Obviously, it massively backfired because she kind of thought her audience was too stupid to notice. Um, You know, when she was making that choice, her followers certainly were not in her mind. She was definitely brand coded when she was thinking about that. Um, It must have been, otherwise she wouldn't have made that decision because you could obviously see it as well. Like, I don't know what she was looking at when she edited because it was very obvious in my opinion. Um, so yeah, there, there does become a point where you are an influencer, you need to make money and therefore maybe you panic a little bit sometimes and make strange decisions. Also, influencers who blow up very quickly get rich very quick. Um, and the thing with influencing that I've noticed in the past 10 years, because now we've been, ha- we've had influencers around for a long enough time to sort of like take a cross section and sort of like see it as a case study and like, you know, how it runs its course and how people generally evolve and how people do well and how people don't. Like, I feel like we have a, a good 10 year case study under our belt now. And something that I will say is influencers who are really, really successful. You know, the likes of like the beauty community. I know I reference 2015, 16 all the time, but that era, beauty influencers, like think of the money that they were making. Like they're all living in these multi-million pound mansions. They're all buying their homes in LA. You know, like the money is coming in. Like think Jeffree Star, the wealth that's coming in, you know? So what I've seen is that doesn't have longevity. Anything that blows up like that on that huge scale, it doesn't necessarily have the longevity. So the influencers who have managed to do it right are the influencers who saved or the influencers who have grown bit by bit by bit by bit and it's been a gradual growth and they've put money away and they haven't overspent and there's been no like grand displays of wealth. Um, One that I think of that is really great is um, Raw Beauty Christie. So she is a beauty influencer. Um, I wouldn't say she was in like the top, top tier of YouTube during that sort of beauty influencer time, but she was pretty much up there. Um, You know, she was taking her sponsorships. She was very honest. She was making really great content. Um, You know, she was obviously making her money. Um, her, Her and her husband then I think made a house like off grid. So they bought a bit of land built a house that was self-sufficient they were like you know saving their money and she's still on YouTube now like she's not getting the views that she used to get back when it was like booming beauty days but she's good because she's been smart and she's planned for the long term as opposed to someone like I don't know let's think of an example like Jacqueline Hill maybe who is used to this standard of living and is used to this level of wealth and now she's kind of like bringing out brands left right and center her whole instagram looks like a sponsored ad she's in controversies every other week and it's all just to maintain this level of wealth that i personally if i was jacqueline hill would feel was would feel as though it was slipping away um because you know the sponsorships and the brand deals and the products and the collaborations are not rolling in like they have for the past few years so you know she's bringing out all these brands and she's doing all these dodgy dealings and it's all for a check they're trying to you know keep it going and we 
Jacqueline Hill, you know, has been on the scene for probably about 10 years, maybe slightly less. But then you've got someone like Michaela Naguera on TikTok who blew up basically in the space of like a year, two years, has kind of had the height of her career already and is now already on the decline. So like she blew up 10 times as fast as Jacqueline and now she's on the decline sort of 10 times as fast. So now we're seeing the same trend. We're seeing her sort of like taking these checks and almost like this sense of desperation to earn this money whilst it's still there again she bought this massively expensive like multi-million pound house she had this extravagant wedding she set the standard of like she has makeup by mario every time she has glam she has chris appleton every time she has glam like someone broke down her wedding cost on tiktok and apparently just for her glam squad it was like over thirty thousand pounds like if you've set your life at that standard and you're spending your expenditure is that much like of course if elf comes along and says hey can i have a stand at your wedding you're gonna say i'll go on then do you know what i mean um like i feel like this pressure of having this influencer full-time career like we're really starting to see it get to people now and the influencers who have blown up on tiktok like they're more of your average person because TikTok brought this culture of anybody could blow up, anybody could go viral. You know, it wasn't like the 2015-16 beauty community reference where, you know, they were all basically based in LA and if they were starting to blow up, they would move to LA. You know, it was that like group of people in that culture. Whereas now you've got people on TikTok blowing up from everywhere, all walks of life, people who look different, people, there's so much diversity, you know, it's not just this like LA model type person who is getting their moment in the sun. Um, So then that normal person has to deal with this like Hollywood culture and this excessive amount of pressure and so many eyes on them and they're then expected to deal with it in a really good and gracious way and not all of them can and we're seeing that we've seen that with loads of influencers who blew up over you know like the covid times like we've already seen their downfall they're already not on the internet anymore so they had their sort of boom of money coming in and sponsorships and this that and the other And now they're trying to figure out where to go next because their influencing career is already over within two years. Um, So I would say that the influencers who have influencing as their full-time job, they've had to shift, they've had to pivot and they've also had to remember at their heart who is paying their bills. It's their audience and they're giving their audience what they want. Like, Someone who's done this really, really well is um, Jamie Genevieve, who's a Scottish beauty influencer. I don't know why I'm introducing her. Like, you've never heard of her. You've definitely heard of her. Um, Like, she's made such amazing business moves throughout her whole career that has really kept her relevant. Like, she started her beauty brand at the right time and all of the products really made sense to her. And you could tell she was very involved, very invested. And she's continued to stick with that. She's, you know, clearly got a big team behind her that have taken it, you know, to that next level. She's then gone on to, you know, have her baby and she's sort of shifted slightly more into, you know, family, not family content because she doesn't 
do that type of stuff but you know like mum content which then you know she's evolving with her audience like she's in her 30s her audience will also be going into their 30s they'll also be having children so instead of just harping on about foundation it's like okay what breast pump are you using you know she's growing with her audience and I think the people who don't do that really struggle for example you have like your Jake Pauls your Logan Pauls your KSIs and yes, whilst, you know, they've gone into the boxing to sort of try and capture that older audience as they're growing up and they're, you know, maybe doing things that are more scandalous than their Disney days. At the end of the day, the majority of their their fans were children. So how do you then convert without dropping that audience and moving on to something else? Which I think Jake Paul really had to do. Like, you know, when he was in Team 10, all of his followers basically were kids. And then he's had this like scandalous bad boy sort of trajectory and now he's shifted into boxing and he's had to basically find a whole new audience because the children who were watching him in Team 10 are now teens and they're not interested in watching him, you know, Conor McGregor all over the place. So another one, you know, Molly May, she's really, really made smart decisions in terms of the brand that she brought out, how she's like again got a really good team behind her she makes smart decisions she moved into the creative director role for plt and then when that was sort of going south she removed herself from that again her audience has grown up with her she's just had a baby whilst she's not doing family channel stuff she is showing that she's a mum um and you know sharing the trials and tribulations of that and she is evolving you know the brand sponsorship she takes makes sense to her it's all very keeping your audience in mind and keeping them engaged all the time and you know keeping it at a slow burner like Molly Molly May is not a good example of keeping it at a slow burner like we've all seen a house but she's still raking it in so hopefully the girl will will be fine and she's got some savings I'm sure she does um but you know what I mean you know the point that I'm making so anyway back to the original point of this whole episode influencers getting jobs so I'm seeing a huge rise especially in the UK and I think it's because the UK market is suffering a lot at the moment because of Brexit um a lot of the beauty brands um, are having their budgets cut, are, you know, really hunkering down. Um, we're really being affected. Like the beauty industry is not as booming as it was a couple of years ago. I don't care what anybody says. Like it really is. People are trying to be smart with their spending. And that obviously affects influencer budgets. Um, you know, it's not flowing like it used to. Not everybody is being passed out sponsorships. I don't think many people can really afford to live off sponsorship money anymore. Um, because it's not as frequent and also it's been shared amongst so many influencers, like I said. So I'm seeing a huge rise of the people who were full-time influencers moving into other things. Like I'm seeing a lot of influencers going into DJing. Um, I'm seeing a lot of influencers tapping into maybe what they were doing before. So if they were a makeup artist before, they're kind of going back into that. If they were a hairstylist before, they're starting to take clients again, you know, and they're having that job and that steady flow of income. Um, I'm seeing it time and time again. Um, and I really do think it's because these sponsorships are so few and far between because brands are struggling 
deep down, you know. Um, But also, I think from an audience perspective, people don't want to see full-time influencers. Like, Like I said, you know, without being super negative, we are in a cost of living crisis. People are suffering. People are you know, not being able to afford things like they used to before. Um, So when you see somebody flexing wealth constantly or living these like crazy extravagant life or traveling all the time, people are starting to feel this negativity towards it. Whereas before it used to be aspirational. Now it's just like, stop rubbing it in my face. I don't want to see it. But when you're seeing an influencer who has a different point of view because of the occupation that they have, that's then interesting. So like, for example, I'm seeing a lot of people who are like, you know, they'll have this job, like, for example, they'll be a model, but then they will be an influencer on the side, you know, so you're sort of watching someone because you like to follow along with their career as well. Like one that I love personally is um, Lynn Mick um, in New York, and she is a model but she also has a knitwear brand um so you know she went through fashion school started her knitwear brand you know very normal career and she still does a lot of the stuff herself she still hand knits everything she still designs all of the collections you know she's very involved she obviously cares a lot about it um and then she has her Instagram on the side where obviously she does go to these events and she does you know take these pictures and these content but you can tell that her day-to-day is based around her job You know, another one that everyone seems to be super into still after all these years is like Devon Lee Carson. Um, And she's another one. Like, yes, she has her own brand. And I feel like that is her job. Like, does she gallivant all around these events and, you know, take this amazing content and go to these fashion shows? Yes, but she doesn't spend her life swanning around. Or so she doesn't seem, you know? So... I think there's that rise in people wanting an insight into people's lives who they feel is interesting and that is not necessarily your full-time influencers anymore. Um, You know, we want to use social media as like a sneak peek and we want to feel inspired but we don't want to feel like we are lesser than and I think influencers tapping into jobs is not only a really smart idea because it means you have a steady flow of income it also means you can make smarter choices with sponsorships you don't have to take every ad that comes your way because you've still got your salary coming in so it all feels a lot more organic and it doesn't feel as icky whereas I think the full-time influencer you know culture was starting to feel icky and it didn't fit with the society that we have right now and you know the cultural struggles that we have right now um so yeah that's my two cents on influencers getting jobs and personally I those are the influencers that I like to follow you know people who have a profession or they have something else going on other than just going and taking outfit pictures every day like I feel like we've been so oversaturated with that now it's just not interesting to us anymore like we don't really want to see new products all the time we don't really want to see like new looks all the time like new clothes all the time I think everyone's very over over consumption so what other content have you got in the bank then like what's interesting can I come along to work with you you know can I see your pet can I see you making your dinner because 
that's interesting you know that's stuff that people are going to binge um so yeah that's just my two cents obviously always from a PR perspective you know how we do it here um if you want to follow over on Instagram it's at the PR department podcast if you have any thoughts I always love to hear them in the DMs um and without further ado I will speak to you on the next one